This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstown. Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and if you're watching this right now, there's a good chance that I'm recovering from some kind of tooth issue that I'm dealing with here. You might notice my face is a little fat over here. That's something I've been dealing with for like the last week or so, maybe a little less than a week. Easter Sunday was one of the most painful days of my entire life. Um, yeah, currently while you're watching this, I'm recovering from it. Um, so pre-recorded the show a little early because I got to be talking baseball with y'all once a week, no matter what. And as I record this, the White Sox just got killed 11 to 1 by the Cleveland Guardians. How's that for a first ever game against them as the rebranded Cleveland Guardians? Not cool, guys. Not cool. But that happens from time to time. Dallas Keuchel gave up eight earned runs, a couple errors in the first two innings, caused the White Sox some serious harm, and they lost the game. And their lineup for the second game doesn't look very promising. It's not, you know, the A group out there like you would kind of expect it to be, but I'm sure some people will be available off the bench throughout the game as well. It will be Jimmy Lambert versus um, Tristan McKenzie. You guys will know the outcome of that game by the time you're watching this. And you'll also know the outcome of the game started by Marcus Stroman for the Chicago Cubs by the time you watch this as well as each team will be looking to, you know, kind of keep things going for themselves, playing well outside of this game for the White Sox. It's the first time they've lost two in a row all season, but there were two rainouts in between. So everything's all sorts of messed up right now with the baseball schedule and teams trying to get their legs under them and dealing around injuries. The White Sox are no different. Since our last show last week with White Sox Dave, the White Sox have continued to play well, but they've run into a dry spell with their offense a little bit. Outside of Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech, you really don't know what you're going to get from each starter game by game. The bullpen has been pretty good, except for basically Liam Hendricks and um, Aaron Bummer, who are supposed to be the two best arms on the bullpen at all. I would say Kendall Graveman has really asserted himself into that like top-tier level relief pitcher for them. They'll be getting Joe Kelly back soon enough. Velasquez and um, Keuchel could move to the bullpen, or Keuchel, depending on how they – end up working things once Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn come back. Lucas Giolito did inform us today that he will be making his first start back from injury, his second of the season total, on Sunday against the Minnesota Twins. So that's that. It's going to be a lot of fun to check that game out and see how Giolito fares in his return. He was awesome on opening day. Absolutely awesome. So you figure that when Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, and then Michael Kopech make the top four. And then you have either 
Dallas Keuchel or Vince Velasquez as the number five, it's one of the best rotations in baseball. The fifth spot shouldn't be as much of a question mark as it is. I do believe that Rick Hahn and his staff will address that before the trade deadline, unless somebody from within the organization pulls through and really lights the world on fire, which I guess is possible. I don't really see it from Jimmy Lambert. Um, there are a couple guys in AAA that are good, but double A, same thing. But none of them really coming up this year, making an impact is something I foresee. So it's going to be interesting to see how the White Sox handle that whole thing. Um, winning this game, the second game against the Guardians would be nice. Seven and four sounds a lot better than six and five. But like I said, when you're listening to this, you will know how that works out. In fact, most of the game on Thursday will be over by the time you're listening to this. So I guess the results of the game, they, they're not really as evergreen as some of us podcasters and writers would like them to be. But, you know, the story will guaranteed still be the same. The White Sox need their lineup to get a little bit healthier. We'll be seeing A.J. Pollock and Yoan Moncada return in a short time here. I believe they are both eligible to come off of the 10-day injured reserve list now, but it's just a matter of when they are actually able to do so. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Listen, outside of that abysmal performance against the Guardians um, in this game one, I, I really like the way the White Sox play. When they win, that means they get good pitching and they score runs because guys like Tim Anderson and Luis Robert and Jose Abreu, all these guys, they do their thing, okay? You know, we know what they're capable of. Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, um, when Jan Moncada gets healthy, that'll help. So there are lots of different positives to look for for this team going forward so this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than people are probably used to seeing from me just because i'm pre-recording no guest just talking baseball until i run out of things to talk about so the white Sox, after this series with the guardians is over we'll head up to minnesota to play the minnesota twins at target field which is definitely going to be an intriguing matchup for them we will see giolito we will see michael kopech i'm not sure who will pitch in between them, that's something to keep an eye on. Then they will be off on Monday before coming back to Guaranteed Rate Field where they will see the Kansas City Royals and the number one prospect in baseball, Bobby Witt Jr. It's going to be outstanding to see him play at Guaranteed Rate Field. I'm pretty excited about it. And that's the last of the games before our next show next Thursday. Uh, spoiler, they play the Los Angeles Angels, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout at home the following weekend. But it's going to be a a difficult set of games here for the White Sox over the next couple games. It's three straight series against division opponents and four of their first six series against their four division rivals. They will have them all covered by two shows from now. So it's going to, we'll see where the White Sox stack up. A lot of people believe that they are the best team in the division. I am one of the people that believe that I'm sure you are too. Um, it's going to be a, rough April. I know they got off to that six and two start and everybody thought that that meant for sure that they were going to win 108 games. And that's just probably not the case. They're very injured right now. Missing Giolito, Lynn, Pollock, Mancada, um, Crochet's out for the year. Joe Kelly's out until further notice. I mean, he'll be back sooner than later too. Um, then the team really should really start banking out these wins. And I'm confident in them when they're healthy. I'm as confident as anybody any team in the league, I really am. I have yet to see a team in the American League. Uh, this might be stale by tomorrow, but as we stand right now, no team in the American League 
or every team in the American League has five losses besides the White Sox. Hopefully that's the case when you're listening to this as well. That would mean that they have won the second game, and it will also mean that they're probably winning the game that's going on while you watch this or have one by the time you listen to the audio version on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, anywhere you can get your podcasts at your leisure. Um, moving over to the Cubs, Cubs are off to a much better start than I thought they were going to be this this season. So far, 6-5 and five as I'm recording this. Um, they're playing a 5-7 and seven Pittsburgh Pirates team that has kind of probably played a little bit better to start the season than I think most people would have thought. Even though they're under 500, I think people thought they'd be like way under 500 by the time we got to this point. But they put up some good performances against the Cubs last week in Pittsburgh. Now it's coming over to Wrigley Field where they will have a you know week series or they're starting a new series with the Pirates after having a little set with the Tampa Bay Rays. Shout out to Tampa Bay Rays. Had to spend a whole week in Chicago playing against the White Sox and the Cubs. And for the most part, both teams kind of took them out of it. So I'm excited to see what comes of that. Um, And then what comes of the game tonight as I'm recording this, as they play the the Rays one last time. Um, The Pirates are later tonight when you're watching this. So Saya Suzuki, man, he's outstanding. I haven't seen... A player, well, no, we've seen a couple players from Japan do similar things. They always come over with perfect mechanics and good eyes, and he doesn't walk a lot, or he does walk a lot. He doesn't strike out a lot. He basically, he hits everything in the strike zone, and he doesn't swing at anything that's not in the strike zone. So it's been just a great, marvelous start for him and the Cubs. Um, They would not be where they are in terms of the number of wins that they have without him. I believe that. Uh, Kyle Hendricks has looked, eh. He had the okay start last time out, but before that, he was awful. Um, they're missing a couple key starters in the rotation right now. It's been a lot of by committee with the pitching, but and then Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel got off to slow starts while Saya Suzuki has just been raking. And then you got a guy like Nico Horner. Nico Horner has been pretty marvelous since the start of the season. And when he uses his bat the way that I know that he can. That helps influence the Cubs lineup even more. And you get Nick Magical cooking like he has been. We'll see what happens with Wilson Contreras. Friend of the program, Jesse Rogers, is convinced that the Cubs are going to go to arbitration with him, get something worked out for the rest of this season, and then trade him right away. He is convinced that that's how it's going to happen. And the reason they wouldn't trade him right now is because no team would take a guy that they have to go to arbitration with in June. The reason they haven't gone to arbitration already was because of the lockout. So they were pushed into the middle of the season. So unless the Cubs were able to agree to a deal with him before then, they're probably not going to get a taker on him. There's no doubt they're not going to get a taker on him. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes for him. But also, if they're like well over 500 and look like they have a serious chance to compete with the Milwaukee Brewers in the division, how do you trade Wilson Contreras? It's definitely a tough position to be in. I wouldn't want to be in it if I were Jed Hoyer. Um, But that's something he's going to have to maneuver through as he did last year. And he wasn't just dealing with one World Series winning star. He had three that he had to trade away because none of them agreed to extensions. So that's definitely not something that's ideal. But we'll see how they handle it. Um, 
like I said, the Cubs, they got this game against the Rays tonight while I'm recording. And then for you guys tomorrow after the this show ends, they'll play the Pirates and start that weekend series with them. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how that goes. I'm looking forward to it. I know there's going to be some beautiful weather at Wrigley Field this weekend. So on Saturday, if you got nothing to do, head on over to the ballpark and watch some game because that is going to be one of the first premier days of the season in terms of weather, I think, at either of the two baseball stadiums in town. Do I think the Cubs can keep it up? Yes. I I do for the most part. If they trade Tristan – I saw Tristan McKenzie on my screen and I almost said his name. He's not on the Cubs. If they trade Wilson Contreras, then it might make things a lot harder. I don't think they're as good as the Brew Crew, so I don't think they're going to win the Central – but can they, like, squeeze into the wild card? It depends on some of the other teams against the National League. You know, if they went 81-81, and 81, though, and put together, like, a, a okay year, I really wouldn't be all that surprised. Uh, they definitely have the making of a team that just enjoys playing and proving people wrong. They've done that so far. They proved me wrong. I thought they'd be 2-8 and eight by now. But, you know, say a Suzuki... Wilson Contreras, Nico Horner, um, Nick Madrigal. Some of these guys have played well. And it's helping the Cubs win a lot of games. So we'll see what happens. Our two Chicago baseball teams are in different spots with their organizations right now, but they both play with the same amount of want to win. That much is clear to me. The guys that are putting on both teams' uniforms are interested in winning and winning often. We'll just see who's able to really help bring that to the table even further. Um, Going across Major League Baseball, something that I've noticed with the standings is there's a team out there right now that has just been kind of pulling away with some of these wins that they've had. They swept a doubleheader yesterday. They are playing again tonight. Um, If it doesn't get rained out, I know the East Coast has dealt with some bad weather over the last few days or so, but I'm talking about the New York Mets. The New York Mets are one of the best teams in baseball, and I think it's time that everybody realizes it. Um, They're playing against the San Francisco Giants, who are also one of the very best teams in Major League Baseball, and the Mets are kind of taking it to them. Uh, They won in extra innings in the first game yesterday and then won pretty, you know, handedly in the second game, but it's an outstanding pitching matchup, and both of them are former Chicago White Sox pitchers. Christopher Bassett is going to go on the bump for the New York Mets. And Carlos Rodon is taking the bump for the San Francisco Giants. I foresee a lot of strikeouts in that game. It's going to be a strikeout-heavy game. I'm looking forward to seeing who's winning, who will win, and we'll go from there. Uh, I, I kind of hope the Mets are pretty good this year. I, I Obviously, I like the Giants. Um, I root for them as well. But when the Jets... The Giants and the Mets are competing against each other at a high level like that. I enjoy watching it. Yesterday was good stuff. Um, To throw it over to the other side of New York, though, Garrett Cole. What is going on with you, Garrett Cole? He was pulled after one and two-thirds of an inning. He didn't even make it through the second inning. And he got pulled against the Detroit Tigers. They weren't even losing yet. They were winning three to two. And they still felt the need to pull him because the Tigers were threatening in the second. And they didn't let him, they didn't let it be his game. The highest paid pitcher 
in Major League Baseball, it couldn't be his game. That is just crazy talk to me. I can't believe that it got to where it got for Garrett Cole yesterday. So the Yankees ended up winning. They beat the Tigers, which is good for White Sox fans. But, yeah, not not great in paradise over there with the New York Yankees right now. Um, I'm not sure what to think of the Tigers yet. I'm not really sure what to think of any team in the American League Central yet, including the White Sox. Like, are they just like last year good, like 90 wins, like really good team, top five in the American League? Or are they, when healthy, like one of those types of teams that are just bombs away better than everybody else? I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I I absolutely think they could win the World Series. I think they could get to the World Series, of course. Um, But will they? We'll see. Depends on their health. Um, The New York Yankees, though, they don't look like one of those teams to me. Every power ranking you look at, the Yankees are in the top 10, and this guy's got the best odds for the Cy Young Award, even though he can't get through two innings. Um, You know, MVP odds, rookie of the year. Like, there's always a Yankee involved somehow. And I just don't see it. I I didn't predict them to make the playoffs, that's for sure. Um, The Aaron Judge controversy between him and his contract dispute. Like, is he going to end up being a Yankee lifer? Did he earn his pinstripes enough to get that big deal? Giancarlo Stanton is one of the most prolific home run hitters of the generation, but now it's to the point where a Stantonian blast is a ball that looks like it's gone, but it actually reaches the warning track and is caught. So it's going to be interesting to see, but the rest of the AL East, that is just by far the most intriguing division out of any because the Baltimore Orioles are 3-8, and and they've given every team they've played a hard time. They even took two out of the three from the Yankees, and that's two of their three wins. Um, Of course, the Boston Red Sox and Yankees and Jays are all tied at six and five, and it's going to be a tight race. And then Tampa Bay is six and six, and we know what Tampa Bay would look like without their losses to the White Sox and the Cubs too. Um, Tampa Bay got pretty dominated by the two Chicago teams. Uh, I don't know if I'll say pretty dominated. They're two and three in Chicago. So I guess they could make it a 500 Chicago road trip by beating the Cubs tonight. You'll know the results of that, as I've said a thousand times on this show already tomorrow. Um, one team that's kind of also a surprise to me outside of the AL East, we'll go take it to the West, the Los Angeles Angels. The Los Angeles Angels for a long time are made fun of as the team that can't win despite having the best players. And Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are each two of the five or six very best players that play Major League Baseball right now. And each of them has a case for different sorts of historical MLB achievements. Mike Trout could be argued as the single greatest baseball player of all time statistically. Um... Shohei Otani absolutely in 2021 had the greatest single season in the history of Major League Baseball by a player. And the Angels, they suck year after year. But they're seven and one. Or seven and five. Excuse me. If they were seven and one, sheesh. They're seven and five. And it's above 500. It currently leads the American League West. But the Oakland A's are also seven to five. And I think they come in last place by far. And of course, the Houston Astros are six and five. The Seattle Mariners are six and five. Those are actually the two best teams in the division, in my opinion. 
Um, the Texas Rangers currently sit at two and eight. Um, I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're very good at all. Um, they added some big bats and pitching in the offseason, but that doesn't help you in the slightest. I mean, it does, but it doesn't help you just turn it around in one year. you got to build. And I think those contracts will work out for the Texas Rangers because they'll have those great players there with them, but they need to keep building the prospect pool. Don't be dumb with trades. Don't try to win now when you can't win now. The Texas Rangers will be there. They got Jack Leiter, who's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Um, they ended up with him last year, and it's looking really nice for them. I'm excited to see what the Texas Rangers become, but to me, they're just not there yet. Um, that's the American League West for you. I talked about the Mets. They're 9-3. and three. The Braves are the only ones that are going to give them a tough time in that division. I have no faith in Philly. I know they have Harper and Real Muto and Wheeler. Those guys are great. But the Phillies just aren't getting it done to the level of the Mets or the Atlanta Braves right now. The Braves are the defending World Series champions, so nobody can really count them out, especially since Ronald Acuna Jr. hasn't played for them yet, but he made his first rehab start with the Gwinnett Stripers yesterday, and he's already hitting, you know, he's hitting the gaps. And I don't I don't know if he hit a home run, but he's just absolutely obliterating baseballs down there in his first career game, which is really nice to see. So those are the two teams in that division. We talked about the Central a little bit, the National League Central. Of course, the Cardinals, Brew Crew. The Cardinals are 6-3, and three, but their winning percentage is a little bit higher because they played less games because of the, the bad weather that has gone through the Midwest and really affected Missouri specifically. Um, but the Milwaukee Brewers are 8-5, and five, and that's nice. For them, after the way that their season started with their terrible start against the Chicago Cubs, but eight and five, good for second place, even though they have the most wins. Um, they're tied for the second most wins in the um, National League as a whole, only trailing the New York Mets. So, but they played extra games, which it'll just be a lot of fun to watch all season long how the Brew Crew is able to move along and really try to win the division again. Um, National League West. We talk about that division on the show all the time. Joey's not here today. You probably noticed by now that you're just stuck with me talking baseball. But the National League West is a loaded division, too. I mean, only the Arizona Diamondbacks are bad. The Colorado Rockies are really turning in to one of the biggest stories going on in Major League Baseball right now. They are 8-3. and 8-3. and three. We made fun of Bryant for going there. What did Bryant know that we don't? They're good on the road, hopefully, because they were abysmal on the road last year, but they were outstanding at home. Well, we'll see if they're able to sustain it because that Dodger team has a former MVP at, what, every position, close to every position? I mean, the Dodgers are just stacked. The Giants had the best record in baseball last year. I don't think they're going to repeat that quite to the same extent this year. Uh, the Mets are probably better. I mean, they look better against them. And then I think the Padres are really good. They're in fourth place with an 8-5 and five record. So, it, you know, it's a really good division. Me and Joey, whenever he comes back on this show full-time, we'll be talking about that division and those teams in the West, the top teams specifically. Last year, it was the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres for most of the season. And then we started to cut off the Padres a little bit when they fell off towards the end and ultimately missed the postseason. Um, 
they're a fun team, though. Padres are an outstanding team to watch. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. when he's healthy, Manny Machado. It's just a really fun team. Blake Snell, you Darvish. Um, I'm waiting until we see, like, the real deal Mackenzie Gore, not like a struggling minor league Mackenzie Gore. Like if he ever reaches major league baseball and truly reaches his true potential in major league baseball, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm very much looking forward to that division. The Dodgers, I don't know if we talked about it on this show at all. We might've, I can't believe that Dave Roberts pulled Clayton Kershaw when he had a perfect game in the going into the eighth inning there have been what 26 perfect games ever ever how many games have been played in major league baseball all time a lot more than 26 and he there what i think king felix felix hernandez seattle mariners the last perfect game that we've seen in major league baseball and that was what i think it was about 10 years ago we haven't seen one in a while and we got robbed because kershaw was going to do it i'm convinced he was going to do it um, he got pulled 70 pitches. He said he agreed with the decision after the game. I don't know if I buy that, but you know, what else is he going to say? Is he going to poo poo his coach? No shot, no shot. And Kershaw knows what it's like to win a ring. I'm not sure I agree with it. I think if he, even if he like overextended himself 110 pitches to get this perfect game and let's say you give him a start off for rest. That's not going to affect you in October. You're the Dodgers. You have MVPs at every position. I just, yeah, I hated seeing him get pulled. Just like thinking about what it would mean to watch a perfect game. If it was a no hitter, I get it. I completely, completely get it. No hitters are very, they're cool. When Rodon hit one or threw one, we threw a party at the bar room. We had an emergency South Burbs Hitman podcast. That's kind of how I got on the show. But, yeah, I owe Carlos Rodon for me getting on that show. Wow, what a guy. I love Carlos. Um, I think throwing a perfect game is just so great. And Rodon got robbed. I want to hit the shoelace of the Cleveland hitter. But it was a perfect game or a no-hitter. And we'll remember it forever. But there's nothing like a perfect game, as I've said. Clayton Kershaw. It would have been really nice to see him finish it off. I will get one soon. We're due. We're due for one, I think. There's no way that they just don't have a perfect game in the league for that long at a time. Um, we're 10 years into it, so you figure we're we're due for one soon. Hopefully we get it. Um, I really don't have much else on the state of baseball just because it is kind of early. Teams are, you know, trying to figure each other out. It has been glorious to watch. There have been some great games to open the season. Um, it's just, you know, they got the two White Sox games going on today because of bad weather. The Cubs play tonight and this freaking tooth. Don't mess around with your teeth, people. Do not mess around with your teeth. That shit hurts so bad. So that's why it's a shorter show this week. That's why it's pre-recorded again. Um, speaking of pre-recorded, we pre-recorded last week. We had our guy White Sox Dave. And I could say this because it's not airing till Thursday. We watched the dozen live. We went to the it's the Barstool Sports YouTube trivia show, The Dozen, and it's just an outstanding trivia show. There's 
drama there's you know controversy like cheating scandals it is just very cool tv sh or youtube show and we went to a live showing of it and friend of the program white Sox dave competed in the tournament and team chicago got absolutely derailed in the first round I, like they got killed and so but the funniest part about the whole thing white Sox dave's outfit was a white Sox jersey no surprise except the name on the the number on the back was number one the name Cusack. He wore a John Cusack White Sox jersey to compete in the dozen. I thought that was hilarious. Whether you agree with White Sox Dave or not, you got to give him his respect for sticking to his guns and his band list. John Cusack, you're banned. You can't root for both teams. Just kidding. You can root for whoever you want. Um, but yeah, friend of the program did a great job in the dozen, even though one of the questions he missed was a White Sox themed question specifically designed for him to answer. Um, I'll ask the audience what White Sox pitcher was acquired in 2006 that led Major League Baseball in losses in 2012. It's Matt Thornton. White Sox Dave couldn't think of Matt Thornton. Pretty good White Sox reliever way back in the day, though. So that's our show. It's just a quick 30-minute catching up. We'll be back in full force next week. The show will be 100% back to normal with a guest one week from today. I'm very much looking forward to talking baseball with everyone all season long. It's going to be a blast. Um, get out to the ballpark. It's going to be a beautiful summer, beautiful weekend. Cubs are the home team, the home Chicago team this weekend. The White Sox will be in Minnesota. But, you know, for White Sox fans, sit on your deck. Enjoy some, you know, some pizza, maybe, maybe some tacos, and watch the game. It's going to be a good time. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. And as always, you could check out all the great shows on the Barroom Network. Last night they had a draft mock show where fans and members of the network came on and gave their mock draft of who they think the Bears should take. Um, you could go back on the Barroom Network's YouTube channel, watch that, all the great shows around the network as a whole. The Bulls are in a playoff. Right now with the Milwaukee Bucks, um, there's plenty of basketball content going around this show. And I will be back with the South Burbs Hitmen on Monday. It's an off day for the White Sox, but it is the Monday show. We will be recording with the Section 108 tournament winner, Brian Knights. I'm very much looking forward to interviewing him. And then back on next Wednesday with bar down talking hockey where we will start to get you really primed up for the national hockey league's stanley cup playoffs that start about a week and a half after that i'm very much looking forward to that for everybody listening for everybody in the chat for everybody watching at home i can't thank you enough for watching this even just the short versions of this show as always thank you for listening